Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Yeah, come on, give it up for all the moms in the house and the ladies. Come on, let's give a, a big round of praise to them. We love you all so much. What a great day to be in, the, in God's house. I'm so happy just to, to be amongst uh, the family of God. It's cool to be in the family of God, and I believe God's got a word for you today, and I want to encourage moms today big time, and uh, thanks for being in the house of God. Thanks for getting to church today. Um, I asked somebody how they were doing today, like, we're in the house. We're, we're in the house of God, and so um, whether your mom had to drag you here or not, you know, we're glad you're here, and um, it's going to be a special day. We've got gifts for you, and I know we had chocolate and some giveaways, and I, I want to get that excited about every time I go get a haircut. Come on, somebody, like, woo! That's how I feel, and uh, we love you. I'm so glad that you got that, and um, it's just going to be a good day today. Listen, uh, look at somebody sitting next to you real quick, and uh, tell them you're lucky to be sitting by me. Now, tell the person on the other side of you uh, who you ignored, if you knew who I was, you'd give me $10. <laughs> I'm going to be in the book of Judges today, and um, I've got a word to moms today. I've got a word to women today. I've got a word to men today. I've got a word kind of for the whole, the whole picture, and I want to bring a word of encouragement, a word of breakthrough. I believe your life uh, can change, can leave here transformed because the word of God changes us, and uh, I believe that God can change some things in your marriage today, in your relationships, men and women, uh, in your own mind and heart, ladies. I believe God can change a perspective about who you are and, and what you're called to carry. I'm going to talk about Deborah today. Um, there's been a lot of false teaching and false doctrine created around the story of Deborah and Barak, um, all around a chauvinistic thought of that um, Barak was called to be the leader and didn't, and so Deborah uh, went, and there's a couple of verses in there I'm going to kind of expose and um, really go after to show uh, who God has made women in our lives to be, and um, I just believe that you will uh, come out stronger today. I believe for unity in marriages uh, more so today. I believe for the word of God to get into your homes today, into your hearts today, into your workplaces. I believe for God to destroy some enemies that maybe have been attacking your family. Um, in the story in Judges chapter 4, we find Israel under captivity for 20 years. We find the people of God who are supposed to be uh, armed and dangerous. We find them oppressed and disarmed by the devil, uh, a satanic army. They're under oppression. They're under oppression by their own volition. Uh, they've cried out to God. They've been now, uh, the cycle would take place. Israel's run by judges. It would be one man or one woman uh, that, that ran uh, the country, not a king, but a judge. People would come to them uh, to get wisdom, to get the word of God. And so in this scene, Deborah is the judge. Um, she's been raised up and they've been under bondage for 20 years. Uh, their own sin, their own, their own, their own condition of heart. Uh, they would forget about God. Come on, you ever get blessed and then you kind of forget about God and go your own way. And then things begin to get heavy in your life. And then we cry out to God again. I don't know about you, but I've made some prayers like, Oh God, I'll never do that again. If you will, uh, you know, if, if then prayers. Um, and so we do that sometimes and that's what's happening. It's uh, human nature. And so they begin to cry out to God again, and God gives them um, this specific word from this woman who's a judge in the land named Deborah. It says this in verse 1, when Ehud uh, was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. 
So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harasheth Hagoyim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Come on, it's good to cry out when things aren't going well. They cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. This dude had some tanks. For Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Some of you have been oppressed by a fear, or by a tank, or by something the enemy has said that was ironclad, some thought, some, some situation in your marriage, some situation in your family, something in your business. Some of you for 20 years have been dealing with some iron chariot. It says, now Deborah, prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time, and she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kedesh, from Kedesh and Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? So she's given the word of God now. She's a judge and she's a prophetess, the Bible says. Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men and sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulon. And against you I will deploy Sisera. So God's saying, hey, take your army, and I'm going to deploy an enemy. I'm going to put an enemy after you. And against you, I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude and his multitude at the river Kishon. And I will deliver him into your hand. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, he's saying this to Deborah. And Barak said, he's the general, if you will go with me, then I will go up. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And that's where a lot of false teaching has been, has been proclaimed that, that God uh, would have used Barak, but he acquiesced to the female leadership. And so she got the glory and not him. And this is the next verse. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak called Zebulon and Naphtali to Kadesh, and he went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Now in chapter 5, we see the song of victory, the song that Deborah and Barak begin to sing. They probably uh, wrote it together. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, when the leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Now you wonder why I always try to ask you to volunteer and ask you to be willing and ask you to, to lead and ask you to serve and ask you to get involved because the city needs you, the house needs you, that the people bless the Lord when we willingly give ourselves. When the leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hero kings, give hero princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. When the Lord, when, 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 Lord, when you sit out from Sire, when you marched out from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured, the clouds also poured water. She's referring to how God brought victory through rain before, because that's what he had just done. The mountains gushed before the Lord, then this Sinai before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, here's why I want to focus today. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anoth, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted. And the travelers walked along the byways. Village life had ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. She's a prophetess and she's a judge, but she arose up as a mother. Village life had ceased, oppression, decimated people of God, 
homes were in chaos. They were scared to use main roads because of attack, because of the, the enemy and everything had stood still. In the message translation, verse six and eight, it says this, in the time of Shamgar, son of Anoth, and in the time of Jael, public roads were abandoned. Travelers went by back roads. Warriors became fat and sloppy. No fight left in them. Then you, Deborah, rose up. You got up a mother in Israel. My title for today is When Mom Gets Up. <laughs> when Mom Gets Up. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never changes, but it changes us. Holy Spirit, show us Jesus. All scriptures, God inspired and God breathed and is, is profitable for correction and rebuke and encouragement. God, I pray today that you would strengthen us. Jesus, show us the father, show us his heart. He's got a father's side. He's got a mother's side. He has a, a nature of uh, male and female. He made them. Thank you that he's El Shaddai, the many breasted one. Thank you that he's sufficient, that he feeds his children. Thank you, God. Father, show us who you are today so we can be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen? When mom gets up, come on, anybody ever tried to let mom sleep in in the house? And uh, if you've got kids or we're gonna let mom sleep in, maybe you let mom sleep in today. I don't know if you didn't, then maybe you need to let her have a nap later on today. Uh, but, but whenever we try to let mom sleep in, it's a nightmare. Like mom, it's like in the 10 seconds, like, where's mom? Where's mom? Where's mom? I'm like, you're locked out of the house. You can't, don't bother mom. Mom knows everything, like stuff's burning. The tell you saw it in the, in the little th thread. Dad's burning bacon. I, for me, when my wife would go out of town, like my kids were scared when my wife left town. It was fun for a few days. It's like a few days, that's all right. Like they're like, Dad, you don't, I, where is it? Where is it? I don't, I don't know. They're like, Dad, you don't know where it is. Call mom. Call mom. She, you don't know anything around here, Dad. I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. Dad, can you help me with homework? No, I can't. I can't do your sixth grade algebra. I can't do it. I know you're in sixth grade. I can't do it. I was calling my niece at one time to help my children with math when they were in like third grade. Come on, don't judge me, somebody. And uh, it's just when mom, you know, when mom's not around, when mom isn't, she would, she, when I, she would go out of town, she would leave a schedule. She'd have a, a three-page schedule. Like, this is what time. This is what you do. This is when you do it. I was like, kids, we ain't sticking to the schedule because I, I can't even read it. Like, like we're going we're gonna to have some fun for about three days. We're throwing the schedule out the window. Mom would call like, don't tell her, shh. Kids, like, after they're having fun for a few days, after about, you know, five days, they're depraved. They're on uh, fruity pebbles and, and sugar comas. They had one meal, 33 bowls of cereal later. They're like, where's mom? <laughs> Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, but when mom gets up, like, it changes. When mom gets up, like, hey, what's happening around the house? When mom gets up, like, what's the schedule? When mom gets up, it's just, there's just something different about mom. Come on. I, I'm not that dads don't carry their certain things, but mom's like, come on, let's get the, the act together around here. There's something about a mom that brings life and carries life and brings order. And this is what's happening. They're, they're under oppression. All of God's people, it says that there's no leadership. There, there's nobody leading. There's nobody stepping up. There's nobody willing that they're afraid of the enemy. They've been oppressed by this threat of an iron chariot for 20 years. There's no fight in them. And then it says, until I, Deborah, arose a mother in the land. That somehow when a mom rose up, everything shifted in the land. When a mom decided, I'm gonna stand up in my house. I'm gonna stand up for my kids. I'm gonna stand up against the devil. There's enough is enough. I'm gonna stand up in this workplace. I got the word of God and enough is enough. 
It was when a mother rose up, not when the judge rose up, not when the prophetess rose up, when the mother rose up, life began to come back into the city. I just want to encourage you, moms, you bring life back into the family. You, you can breathe life back into your man. You can breathe life back into your kids. You can bring life back into that store, into that, into that business, into that school. You carry the power to bring life. And literally, when you begin to make a decision, I know everything sometimes tries to quiet you or tries to, you know, all the chaos of life. But when you begin to carry the word, life literally comes back into the scenario and people begin to rise up the way they should. The first thought, moms bring courage into discouraging moments. Here's Deborah. She rises up as a mother. And in a moment, could you imagine 20 years they've been oppressed? 20 years they've been uh, having iron chariots, having them hiding in their homes. They can't go out on the main roads. They can't. I mean, this, we got to put ourselves in that context. Like in the context, like they, life is, and, I, and I'm just here to tell you, like some of the things we've seen in the last two, three, four years in countries and different places, there's contexts like this that are happening where people are scared to go certain places or scared to go out or scared to live certain ways. The enemy has put fear and has locked down life in certain areas in certain ways. And the reality is it says that she rose up as a mother. Think about it. All oppression, all hell's breaking loose on the nation. But here's Deborah every day going out to the tree called the palm tree of Deborah, going out with the word of God, going out to still set a standard of God's nature, still set a standard of God's character, still set a standard of God's word. I mean, here's a woman when all of the, of the city and the people of God are away from the word of God, she goes out and begins to bring the word of God. She brings courage into moments where there was discouragement. She brings willingness into moments where others wouldn't stand up and be willing. I just want to say, ladies, come on, you have the ability to be willing and strong and to be, bring courage into scenarios when others have kind of backed up, when others have thought, well, we can't do anything about it. Well, I don't know how it's going to go. This woman, this woman of God voluntarily stands up. She realizes that God just needs somebody to be willing, somebody to speak the word. Somebody to go out and judge righteously. Somebody to be just and fair with the word of God. And I, and I think this is an hour. I know in my home and our city and wherever you live and walk and have your being, God needs you, ladies, to carry the word of God and to bring courage on the scene. Sometimes you don't think your men need it. You don't think the person you're dating or the man you're married to needs it. We need it. We need the word of God. I know my wife, there's nobody in the world that's encouraged me more with the word of God. When she brings the word of God to me, uh, she can encourage me. She carries the word of God. My daughter, she carries the word of God. Uh, several years ago, we were going through hell as a, as a church, as a family. Uh, we didn't know if we were going to make it. And I was driving in the car and I just said, God, what? Or actually, I looked at Anna. I said, Anna, you were probably maybe 13 at the time. And I looked at her. I said, what are we going to do? And she just looked at me. She goes, well, dad, we're going to find a way through, not a way out. And I was like, I'm like, did you read that on a billboard somewhere? She's like, that's just what the Lord said. I mean, the courage that she, my daughter began to pour into me. And I just want to encourage you ladies, you carry the ability to put courage in discouraging. When all the world's discouraging, taking courage out, pulling courage, your man, your world, your school, your classroom, your students need you to be willing to pour in the word of God in an hour like this. She prophesies. She says, listen, go out. This is, this hit me yesterday as I was looking at it. She says, go out. Take the army, and, not, and God's going to deploy Sisera against you. I'm like, that's not encouraging. For, for 20 years, they've been under attack and oppression. And then the word of God is, I'm going to deploy this army against you. 
And I just felt prophetically I need to tell some of you, there's, there's been some things that have been deployed against you that God's called you to destroy. And the, and the thing you keep crying about that keeps coming up, God's actually called you to conquer. And you're like, why does this keep attacking me? Why does this keep coming against my family? Why does this keep getting deployed against me? Because you're called to actually conquer it. And so sometimes you have to shift your perspective to going, well, I understand this has been an attack for this many years, but when you can get the word of God and you can partner up and you can get the word from a, from a mother of God in your life, a woman, a wife, and you team up like that, all of a sudden there's a, there's a force of victory that comes from heaven to see you actually conquer the things or attack the things that have been attacking you. I just declare that over somebody in this room that whatever's been coming after you, whatever's been tried to be deployed against you actually has to be destroyed by the hand of God. It can't attack your family, your marriage, your kids, your mind. That you're called to put courage in discouraging situations. Deborah brings courage. The second thing moms do, uh, moms activate warriors with God's word. She activates Barak. Barak is dormant. All the warriors in the land are dormant. No one's rising up. And that this woman of God, and the power of God in her, she actually activates the warriors of God. And I, I'm just going to be honest, and you know it, but a lot of you men are drugged here by your wives. A lot of you are drugged to small group or you are forced to come or your wife wants to be spiritual. And, you, and sometimes it's the women in our lives that, dr don't, that draw us, but they shouldn't drag us continually. Does that make sense? I know when I was dating my wife or when we first met, she was a woman of God, been serving the Lord since she was eight years old. I had just come back to the things of God. And I, and I was, I didn't know how, I was wanting to grow, but I didn't know how. And she began to, to I remember you're the first woman that ever prayed with me. I remember when I was going on a mission trip one, one time, my first mission trip ever, and we weren't even dating yet. And, and, and she pulled up, but I was interested. Come on, somebody. She had her eye on me. <laughs> and, and, and she had her little car. She pulled up by the steps of the church out in front, and we were getting ready to go for a mission trip the next week and, or the next day or something. And I was telling her, she's like, hey, can I pray with you? I'm like, what? what? I've never even heard anything. I've never even, never even heard anything like that. So I, I was like, all right, yeah, I put my hand in the car window, remember? And we grabbed hands. Come on, holy hands, somebody. We, were, we weren't holy hands, prayer hands. It's a word for some of y'all. I reach in and we grab hands. She begins to pray, pray for me, pray for the trip. I just begin to weep. I'm like, why am I crying? I'd never had a woman of God pray for me. Somebody, somebody asked me, somebody asked me, they said, does, does that intimidate you? Back then, when I was trying to come back to God, serve God, they go, does her life intimidate you? I said, no, it empowers me to want to be a better man, to want to be a godly man, to want to be a holy man, to want to be a pure man. Listen, men, if you're intimidated by the godliness of your woman or your wife or the lady in your life, if you're intimidated, it's your insecurity, not her identity. It's not her identity. It's your insecurity. And so, so we have to understand that she actually activates. She motivates. She activated me. It's a, the old saying that a, that a princess turns a heathen into a king. Come on, somebody. Young ladies, if, you, if you're dating somebody, hide your heart so far in Jesus that that dude's got to climb through Jesus to find your life. And, 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 and if, he, if, if he's not stepping up, if he's not becoming the man of God, if he's not being activated, when Deborah step up, men step up. When Deborah's rise up, men rise up. Young lady, if he's not rising, if he's not stepping up, then you step away. I don't mean if you're married. If you're, if you're married, come see me if you're trying to step away. We'll, we'll help. 
But, but, but man, if you're dating and you're waiting for him to you know, love God and you drug him here and like, would you just come? And, and he, and he just, you know, there's a, there's a time, but if he's not hungry, if he's not standing up to be the man God's called him to be, then God hasn't called you to actually activate him. God's called you to activate somebody else. So come on, you know what I'm saying? And so I hope that's a word for somebody. I give you permission to run. If he's not standing up for God, then you can run in Jesus mighty name. So Deborah, she stands up. She begins to prophesy. She's a prophetess and a judge. Some of you are like, well, that's Old Testament. No, 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 no. This is prophecy. And Moses said, I wish all God's people were prophets. Moses prophesied to the day we would get saved and the spirit of God would come and live on the inside of us. And now men and women carry the word and the prophetic power of God. The Bible says we're kings and priests. So this isn't just some Old Testament, one scenario woman in the Bible. I got you. Come on, somebody. I got Bible to prove it, that you are called to have the spirit of God inside of you. And so Barak says, she goes, listen, you're going to go, you're going to go out. You're going to fight the enemy. God said, I'll deliver them into your hands. And this is what Barak says. Here's where the false doctrine begins to be built. Barak says, okay, I'll go if you go. So many have taught that Barak was scared. That, that he, he was intimidated and he didn't want to be a warrior. And so he wasn't stepping up. So he's like, I'm not going to go. I'll only go if you go. And so here's this chauvinistic male dominated teaching that's permeated a lot of church platforms and places because they were scared of the word of God that women carry. And in this moment, I'm going to prove it to you. So I'm like, I don't know. It, she's a prophetess. She's carrying the word of God. So when she begins to bring the word of God to him, she activates this general with the word of God. She's functioning in the office of a prophet. The prophets carried the word. She gets the word of the Lord and then she gives it to the head of the army. Barak's name means lightning. He's not scared. He's over 50,000 troops. This dude's not, he's in Hebrews 11 and 12. He never got chastised in the Bible. He was never like, oh, he was weak. He didn't want to go to battle. He didn't do that. No, no, no. He's in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. He just knew his lane as the general, and she was the one that actually activated that. Here's what you have to understand. She, what Barak is saying is, you carry the word. I'm the warrior. I'm not going to war without the word. I'm not going to march into this battle. You just told me that I got the war won, but I'm not going to war without the word. Men, listen to me. Many times you're going to war without the word because you haven't listened to the women in your life. And you find yourself losing battles because you've gone to try to warfare without the word of God and someone carrying the word of God because you haven't listened to her. And for me in my life, I know my wife and I've come through a lot and learned to grow and hear and she carries the word of God. But, you know, come on, guys, we can be, you know, we can be silly sometimes. Right. And so we need to learn to listen and hear. I don't care who's carrying the word as long as we carry the word into battle, somebody. Like I told you, my 13-year-old daughter carried the word to me in a time when I was discouraged, activated some stuff in me. My wife activates things in me. I'm not going to war without the word. You're like, well, I'm the head and I'm, the, I'm this and that. Well, the head listens. It's got ears the last time I checked. J James talks about that. I just don't want to go to battle without the word. And ladies, you carry Deborah's, you carry, you got the word of God in your life. She rose up as a mother. Life had ceased. Uh, they were under oppression. Satan had taken their weapons of warfare. And all of a sudden this young lady stands up and, and men and women begin to work together. She speaks to Barak. He hears the word of God. She goes to battle with him. She says some things and Barak was a captain, a leader of the army. He says, okay, I need a fresh word from God. Deborah submits to Barak. She goes, she goes, I'm only going. He goes, I'm only going if you go. She goes, okay, I'll go. I'll go. 
But then she says this, and this is where another false teaching goes in. It reinforces this. It's not true. She says, I'll go, but, but you're not going to get the glory. A man won't get the glory. A woman's going to get the glory. And many teach that Deborah says, I'm going to get the glory because you were afraid to go without me. You should have gone. That's not what she's doing. She's a prophet. She's prophesying how the battle's going to go. If you remember who killed Sisera, J.L., a woman in a tent, many, Deborah didn't get the glory for killing, for kill, killing Sisera. J.L. got the glory. Deborah's not talking about herself getting the glory. She's talking about J.L. is going to get the glory. J.L., if you remember, she lured in Sisera into her tent, put a little milk and little cookies out, put him to sleep, took a tent peg and nailed it through his head and pinned him to the ground. Come on, ladies, in Jesus' name. I was going to name my daughter JL because I didn't want no dude to come near her tent. She's going, but she was like, dad, that name means goat. I'm like, yeah, that's out. We can't do it. The, I can't name my daughter goat. Um, her name means grace, not goat. Listen, look at that, baby. Praise God. I mean, I mean, think about it. Like that was such a false teaching that's been permeated through the church for years. She's prophesying, hey, this is how the battle's going to go. And he's like, okay, I'm going to battle with you. Genesis 1, 27 and 28, mankind equals male and female. I made them male and female. He blessed them and said, multiply. We only see the fullness of God when women are on the scene. We only see the fullness of God when men and women are working and walking together. Co-equals in creation. Leaders, listen, ladies, when you, when you come with the word, Deborah came with the word, not her opinion, not, not emotions all over the place, not, not anger, not fear. She came with the word of God. When we get together and work together, we conceive the plan of God together. And let me say it this way. Non-consensual conception is a spiritual felony. Non-consensual conception between men and women, between husbands and wives, is not of God. You're called to walk together, get the word of God together. Women conceive, they can carry seed, birth something, and then men get activated to walk that out as a husband and wife. I just want to encourage some of you ladies today because you've been, you've been kind of silenced. You feel like, man, I don't know if I can carry the word that way or I don't know if I can come that strong. Here's Deborah. They go into battle together. And in verse 14, she says this. She goes, arise, the Lord has given them into your hands. The minute she says that, rain from heaven begins to pour out onto the earth. And the Bible says 900 steel iron chariots get bogged down in the mud. And, and the Lord told me to tell somebody in this place, that the thing that's been attacking you, the thing that's been intimidating you, the thing that's been chasing you, the 900 chariots, whatever the, the weapons of warfare are that Satan's been using against you, God ends with a little sprinkle of rain from heaven. That literally, it blew me away that there's these tanks and that God stops the very thing that had harassed them for 20 years with a little rain from heaven. And I just want to, whatever's been coming after you, I'm just declaring today's got to get stuck in the mud as you leave this place. Like as you get unified with your family, as you carry the word of God, that there's going to just be a rain and whatever has to bog down and get sunk into the mud in Jesus name, whatever's attacking you is about to be under attack from heaven. And the supernatural begins to pour out when men and women go to battle together. Mothers activate warriors with the word of God. The last thought, moms move the kingdom forward. Moms move the kingdom forward. All through scripture, 
Every time God made a shift in the kingdom in many ways, a woman rose up. And when you see a lady rise up in scriptures, God's making a shift. In Genesis 3.16, it says, in pain and in sorrow, you're going to have labor. Literally, that women have the ability to conceive. And then even in pain, even in sorrow, the ability to birth something and push something forward. Come on, if men had to have children and birth anything, there would be nobody on the planet. Come on. It would have been Jesus and Adam in the garden. That's it. I mean, like, we're not doing that. It's just... And by the way, we can't either. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You have the capacity to conceive, to carry, and to birth. Here's the matriarch, Sarah, mother of many nations. God tells her to follow, uh, and, and she speaks to Abraham, and Abraham doesn't agree, and God says, no, she's right, and all of a sudden, this promise comes to pass. Jochebed, mother of Moses, Miriam and Aaron, she gets great faith and hides Moses. She sees something special in his life. She raises up a deliverer, Rahab, reformed prostitute in the lineage of Jesus. Boaz was her son, the granddaddy of David. God uses your everything in your life. Ladies, don't discount yourself because of your past or whatever you think came about in your life. No, no, no. God uses that story. Ruth, she said, I'm going to leave my people and I'm going to go to God's house. I'm going to get involved in God's house. I'm going to get involved with God's people. Ruth made a shift in the kingdom. Hannah, she doesn't want to play church. She's tired of playing church. Hannah wants the voice of God, the word of God. Come on, we should be tired of playing church. We need to hear the word of God. We need to hear the word of God. Got to get in the word, figure out who we are. You can never be who you've called to be until you understand your identity in God. You've got every Instagram identity. You've got every famous person you know, everything you've watched and everybody you want to idol and follow and all the influencers. And we see all these people, but we don't know who we are. We're kids of God. We're children of God. I don't need fame. I don't need all that. I need the word of God in my life. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Hannah rises up. Abigail rises up. She saves her husband because he was an idiot. David was about to kill him. She uses her brains and her beauty to save her husband, Elizabeth. She's, she, she ends up having a, a child later in her years, this miracle, John the Baptist, Mary, the mother of God. She risked everything to conceive and carry this son named Jesus, prophetess Anna in the Bible, the first woman to ever grab Jesus. And she grabs a hold of him, begins to prophesy, takes Jesus from the arms of his parents without even asking permission, just grabs a hold of Jesus begins to prophesy over. And Priscilla begins to train the great teacher, Apollos, all through the Bible. Women shift the kingdom and move it forward. I just, my wife had all three of our kids natural. I'd have been drugged up, baby. Come on, I'd have been giving me so many drugs. She's like, I'm gonna have these kids. I'm gonna, I'm gonna birth them. And she just began to bring our children into the world. You have, ladies, moms, you have, you have spiritual things. You have things to bring into the world. And here's the deal. When the angel shows up to Mary... He says, you're going to have a child. He says, blessed and highly favored one. Why did he have to call her that? You don't tell someone they're favored if they know it. And he was saying that you're going to be blessed, but the blessing's also going to carry a great burden. You're going to carry the savior of the world, but you're going to probably maybe lose your fiance. You're not going to have the dream wedding that you wanted. It's going to be in a barn. When you have that child, you're not going to, have the reputation that you wanted. You're not going to be 
who you thought you'd be necessarily. Your friends are probably going to abandon you. Your family's going to think you're crazy. You're actually going to have to go through maybe the risk of death because you could be stoned according to the law. And, but, but listen, Mary, you're blessed. You're highly favored. Moms, I'm just here to tell you, I know the blessings in your life carry great burdens, raising children, praying for a husband that you have to drag to church, believing God for your school or for your workplace or your coworkers or your children or just hanging on. Like, like it's not easy. There's a burden that comes with the blessing. But I just want to say you're highly favored. You're blessed. And the Bible says that Deborah rose up as a mother, not a prophet, not an influencer, not a social media guru, not a title of some job she carried. She rose up as a mother. You know what the word mother is in Hebrew? It means bond. The Hebrew pictorial of that word is an ox head in water. It actually means strong liquid. What is that? That's glue. She rose up as the glue. How do they make glue? They would take skins of animals and put it into hot boiling water. They would begin to prod it down in the water and they'd set the coals afire and they would blow on those coals and they would get hotter and hotter and hotter and they'd take those skins and they would put it into the, into the water, into the boiling water until this sticky liquid would rise to the top. Come on, ladies, you're like, man, why have I been in such heat? Why have I feel like I've been prodded for 20 years? Why did I go through this with this man or these kids? Or why at this work? Why do I, why do I feel this? Why is it so hot? Why is it boiling? Why is it always heated up? Because God is doing some stuff in your life to get the stickiness and the glue and the tenacity and everything. When others would have quit praying, when others would have given up, when others would have walked away, when others would have said no, God is putting into you a tenacity to hold it together by the power of his word. When moms rise up, life comes back into the city. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're a mom in this place and you feel like, man, I've been in that fire. Like, I didn't know God was making glue, but it feels like everything is being burned up in my life. It feels like I'm being pulled. And the other hard part about glue is it feels like everything's trying to pull it apart. Glue holds it all together, but there's pressure, there's pulling, there's tension, there's Maybe you feel like, man, I, I'm in the heat of it. Uh, maybe, you, maybe, you're, maybe you're holding it together. You feel like you're being pulled apart. Like, I just can't hold it all together. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you're not alone. Maybe you feel alone in that heat. Alone holding it all together. Look around you right now. You're not alone. There's people that can pull and bring together and pray and believe God with you. And then I also want to pray for marriages. Maybe you're in this place and you feel like, man, my husband and I, my boyfriend and I, we're not connected like we should be with the word of God. I want to see some activation in our family and in our, in our house. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Deborah's. Lord, when Deborah's rise up, warriors step up. I thank you for warriors stepping up today. I pray for every mom that's in the fire, every mom that's being made into some glue, like Lord, some, something sticky to hold on to those kids or hold on to that dream or hold on to that discouraged husband or hold on and breathe life into that strained marriage. God, we thank you for the glue of the ladies in our life. We thank you for the glue of the women that carry the word of God in our life. God, I pray that you would activate the word and the women of God in this house. I thank you, Lord, when the, when the power of God pours out on women, Lord, the, the life comes back into the city. Oh, God, I thank you for what you're doing in homes today and children today. I pray for anybody that feels isolated or alone in the fire today. I pray, God, they know they're not alone, that they've got a faith family and that they don't have to 
do this by themselves. Anybody that feels like they're pulled to pieces today or they're trying to hold it all together and don't have the strength, God, would you give strength to them today in a new way? Would you give them another day, another breath, another prayer, another desperation for your word, another voice from heaven? Would you give it to them today, God? If anybody's watching online, God, I pray you encourage them as well in this. And then, God, I pray right now for just a bond between men and women today, between husbands and wives, God, where there might have been insecurity or intimidation or, or judgment or, Lord, a cold shoulder or whatever has gone cold. I pray, oh, God, that you would bond together some things today supernaturally, that, Lord, there'd be a turn today, that we don't need everything the world says we need, God, that we need you, we need your voice, we need your spirit in our marriages, in our homes, with our word to our children, oh, God, that you would raise up an army, God, in this place, Lord, would you do it in marriages today and let it start there. Let that water from heaven, let that rain from heaven flow down and literally bog down any enemy that's attacking our families right now. And then lastly, if you're in this place and you just need to get right with God, you hear me talking about the word and the family of God and all these things. You're like, man, I don't even, I'm not even following God. I'm not even right with Jesus. The devil's been telling you, man, you do, there's no hope for you. You've done too much. You've gone too far. No, no, that's not true. The Bible says if you would just call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. If you just give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God. Nobody looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward, but if that's you, say, Pastor, I need a fresh start in God. I want to serve Jesus. I, I need him to forgive me and give me life. I need to serve him. I've been carrying all the weight and guilt and the pressure. I've been carrying my own life and my own strength. I can't hold it together anymore. I need Jesus. I need God. If you would say, I need Jesus you get a fresh start in God. If you're watching online right now and you need God, you're ready to actually surrender and let him be the leader of your life. Just type in fresh start for us. We want to pray for you. No one looking around in this room. If you need a fresh start, would you put your hand up high to me right now? I need a fresh start today. Thank you for your boldness, sir. Thank you for your boldness. God bless you, young man. God bless you. I see that. I need a fresh start. Not church, not religion, not rules. I need God. Anybody else? Jesus, be my savior. Be my Lord. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to pray a prayer real quick. Let's pray together. If you're watching online, just pray this right where you are. Come on, church. We're going to pray it all together. Father, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you came to this planet. I believe you lived perfect. I believe you died on a tree for my sin. You took all my sin and you became sin. You took my shame, my guilt, my waywardness, my sin. You took all the pressure and you nailed it in yourself on that tree. And then you rose from the dead not to clean me up, but to give me a brand new heart. Thank you for a new heart, one that's alive. Thank you, Jesus. I accept that. You're my Lord and Savior. I repent and I turn to you today, Jesus. I will follow you the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit so I can serve you forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give God some praise in this place. Come on, Deborahs. We love you. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.